This is the Gum Guru with Dr. Macon Singletary from North Raleigh Periodontics. This is a show about keeping your teeth and gums healthy and how a healthy smile affects your overall health. Today's episode is called There Are Bugs Under Your Gums. The good, the bad, the ugly, and what you need to know. Welcome to the Gum Guru Podcast. I am Jason Kong here with Dr. Macon Singletary and we're Excited for our first episode here, Dr. Singletary. And before we get into the meat of the program, I, I thought it would be wonderful for you to introduce yourself here to all the listeners. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Well, I'm a North Carolina native, grew up in Durham, had the opportunity to go to Duke University and did my dental training at Emory in Atlanta. And I came back to Carborough Tech, I mean UNC, and did my specialty training. I'll claim it. Uh, and uh, so I've been in Raleigh now for a few years and have enjoyed serving the community. And as a periodontist, you know, that's what I do, just take care of the surrounding structures of the teeth. It's a, um, a privilege to do what I do. Our practice is a sort of a family-oriented practice. We're there to serve our patients. And everybody has periodontal disease. It's the number one health problem in the world. And so uh, what we strive to do in our practice is educate the patient about what gum disease is, why they have it, but uh, more importantly, when they walk through the front door, you know, I want my practice to distinguish from other practices. Uh, you know, so people, when they come through the front door, they're going to see a smiling face, they're going to see a human being, you know, they're going to have somebody there that's going to walk them through and make them feel at home. And when they come back to the back, we show them our practice, show what we do, I got people who there understand that we're here to serve and not be served, and so our priority is to take care of our patient. To you know, they have a need, we'll address that need first. So it's just been a privilege to serve the community for a good period of time. I won't tell you how long, but <laughs> I have great experience. I've got a lot of things tucked away in my brain, and so you know, when I need to pull something out, I can pull it out and hopefully help the patient. Most kids growing up. When you ask them, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Periodontist is, is not usually, I'd say, in, in the top three of uh, occupations that they think about. So when did you know that, okay, this is something that I want to pursue, and, and why? What, what was the interest there? Well, that's interesting you say that. I come from a medical family, and I'm the youngest. Years ago, when um, I had the opportunity to go further my education, I had the opportunity to go to either med school or dental school. My father, who was a physician, he sat down with me. He felt like you had to have a calling to go into medicine. My older brother was a a physician. And uh, I think at that point I was probably a heathen of some kind. (laughs) And I think I'm different now. But uh, but he did tell me that that things were going to, you know, what would happen. He said I was a control freak. I like working with my hands, like my weekends free. And he said, let me tell you, I think in medicine, we're going to be dictated how we treat. You know, we're not going to be able to be creative. And the, the insurance companies are going to tell us, you know, what we can do and not do. And that's going to drive you crazy. He said, in dentistry, you probably won't get there for a while. And he was right. So it was the best thing I ever did. So I ended up going to Emory Dental School. It was interesting because uh, I went one time to the dentist at eight years of age and uh, it was a frightening experience. A friendly friend of the family, nicotine stained fingers and Coke sitting there. You know, you had the little cuspidor with the water trickling around to make you go to the bathroom, the big street light sitting up there. And he takes out that medieval torture device and checked decay, and he hit something that hurt. He said, you have decay. And I said, that hurt. 
He said, okay. So they didn't teach him psychology in those days. So he's fumbling around that mini drawer green cabinet. And he turns around at me and shows me the syringe. He says, do you want this? I said, no, that's for horses. You're not going to put that in my mouth. And uh, that was the first mistake. Second mistake is really sitting in that chair. But so he hits the dent and I hit the floor. I was out of there. I was, went out to the car, locked the door, and, and my mom comes out. She's knocking on the door. She says, you need to get back in there. I said, mm-mm. It took three of them to hold me down. They did those fillings. The next time I'm in the dental chair, dental school. So I understand dental phobia. <laughs> I've been there and done that. But, um, but it's, it's been good. I had a great education at Emory. I had people who were clinically oriented, and that made a difference, I think, in my approach to how I handle my patients, not only from the, just the fear factor, but just the ability to have the knowledge and the tools to take care of the needs of my patients. Yeah, and that goes a long way because I'm sure fear is very popular in your field. And I want to get to the subject of gum disease here because we, we often hear we're bombarded with commercials and messaging about cavities and, and maybe tartar. But we don't often get the messaging when it comes to gum disease. But this is something that is, is pretty prevalent and important. Can you talk to us about that? Well, yeah. Periodontal disease is the number one health problem in the world. It's inflammation. It's the number one cause of tooth loss in adults and can be life-threatening. And to explain that is, is to understand what causes gum disease. And you're right. You know, when, we, when you go to a dentist, they say you need a filling and you're done. You need a crown and you're done. You, know, you see us, you see a periodontist, unless you fire us, you're here forever. With the right arm of the dentist, we help the dentist. We help you know, create a foundation that's firm that when they do a crown or a filling, it's, it's going to be there a long time. But understanding the nature of the beast takes time. You've got to educate the patient. I love to teach. You know, I have a master's. You know, um, I was over at the school for a while teaching and helped the residents in the perio program there and undergraduate dental students, students when I just got out of the perio program. So I like to talk. And so to educate the patient, understanding, I think that's the goal of, you know, why are you here in a periodontal office? How do you treat it? But what causes it? So if somebody says they come in, they're hurting in one area, we address that issue. Periodontal disease, inflammatory gum disease, is insidious. It normally doesn't hurt. When it starts to hurt, there's something else going on, more serious. But the cause of gum disease is bacteria. In fact, try to give patients a little bit of trivia. You know, do you know who discovered the microscope? No, I do not. <laughs> Antoine Levenhout in 1623. First bacteria ever seen by human eyes. Intraoral plaque. He scraped some white stuff off his teeth, put it on a glass plate, put it on a microscope he invented. He called them little animalcules. And so if you get dictionary.com and see the definition of little animalcules, it means little animals. So showing a patient what that plaque looks like under a microscope, it does volumes for an individual understanding what's going on. And then to understand that it's real simple to treat. The American Dental Association says tell your patients to brush their teeth twice a day. Well, there is concern out there that people are going to wear their enamel away. Well, not if you use fluoride toothpaste and not if you use an ultra soft brush. It's all about physical manipulation of the bacteria. It's simple. But twice a day is not enough. When the dentist does a crown, you're done. He does a filling, you're done. But plaque grows back. The bacteria grows back. And so it's a never-ending battle between the ability to grow it, how well you remove it, and how you react to what's left over. And everybody reacts differently. Some people are more susceptible than others. 
So the physical manipulation is the way you do it. It's simple. I tell patients four times a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whether you eat or not, scrub techniques, okay, but one time during the day, clean them good, go in between the teeth with floss, you got to get the bacteria off. And doing it once or twice, even if you aren't susceptible to gum disease, is not enough because not only is it oral health, it's systemic health too. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I, I have a feeling that if I got 10 people off the street and asked them how many times a day do you need to brush their teeth, I think 10 would say two times a day. Right. And, you know, when I say brush out to eat, brush your tongue once a day between dinner and bedtime, take your time, clean them good, logically that's four times a day. But you're right. 99% of my patients, even my patients that hear me talk once or twice, it's really simple. But it's, if you understand that there is that systemic influence, too, it affects your brain, heart, lungs, intestines. I mean, there are studies that are showing a spirochetal organism called Treponema denticola. It's a fancy word, but it's, they found it in the brain producing a protein causing dementia. It comes from plaque. That's scary to think about. And the other scary part to me is that most people don't think about periodontal disease. It's not something that's on the top of your mind. And the other part is, is that it's not something that you can detect on your own, is it? No, but there are signs. You know, like I said, gum disease can, it doesn't have to hurt, but bleeding, swelling, bad taste. If you're brushing, you're having bleeding, that's not good. If it persists more than a couple of days, you need to see a dentist and get it checked. As a specialist, that's all I do is gum and bone. Now, I don't do fillings and restorations, but I can help a patient understand, okay, you need a crown on this tooth, but before you do that and spend the money on that, you want to get the foundation good. You don't build a house on sinking sand. you got to have a firm foundation, so you got to get that foundation healthy first. And that makes a whole lot of sense. So in terms of gum disease here, is, is this is why we're calling the show There Are Bugs Under Your Gums Because of That Bacteria? Exactly. And so you got the good, bad, and the ugly. The good bacteria you know, grows first. They're little round cells, and they're supposed to, you're supposed to have bacteria in your mouth. You, you know, there is a normal flora there. But when it gets thick enough that uh, the bacteria that doesn't like oxygen begins to grow, they're the ones that your immune system doesn't like. They're the ones that, you know, once they respond to it, those inflammatory mediators get in the bloodstream and irritate the arteries. And so that inflammation, that's bleeding. Then you have the immune response to it, so that's another factor. And it's interesting that um, I just read an article yesterday. There, there is good bacteria, but the bad bacteria also use the good bacteria to grow. They get a protein from the good bacteria, and they, that's how they set up shop. And then if the plaque's not manipulated effectively, then they start to grow, and it's a biofilm. The bacteria is pretty smart. They produce a proteinaceous matrix. It's just like mucoprotein. It's slimy stuff. It insulates it from our immune system. Eventually, our immune system react, get, gets into it and reacts to it, but that biofilm goes down the root, and they're the bad guys. And then there, there's some ugly ones, too, that particularly affect the brain, heart. I mentioned one of them, lungs. There's even a study shows that pancreatic cancer has been shown to be associated with people with periodontal disease. So it's not just oral health that we do our you know, brushing and flossing. It's systemic health, too. That makes sense. And what is the line in terms of treatment? So, you know, maybe we've discovered some of these symptoms and we've gone to see you. What, what's the next step after that? Good question, because it's, um, it's not just as simple as, okay, you need a filling. You know, I look at 
three things. I look at the medical history because there are things that affect salivary flow, they affect the immune system, how you fight infection. Medication that's been given for other issues can affect the oral health. Then I look at the radiographs to see what kind of uh, bone loss has occurred. And then my oral exam, where I go around the teeth very gently. I don't do this to see how far you, you, know, you jump out of the chair. You know, I take out the little medieval torture device that we measure, the little pointy thing. It looks sort of ominous, but I'm, I don't have to press hard. I'm just gently. What I'm looking at is the character of the tissue. Does it bleed? Is it red? Bleeding is a sign. And then there's exudate, or in Durham we call it pus. You know? You, you don't want that. And so I'm looking at that. So I blend those three things, the medical history, x-rays, and my exam, and come up with a diagnosis, a prognosis, and a treatment plan. And I call it my golf bag of treatment options. I'm not a golfer. I'm too uncoordinated. That ball develops <laughs> legs and moves to the right or left. I cannot swing. I can do a sailboat. You, know, you don't have to be coordinated to do a sailboat. But that golf bag of treatment options, you know, the putters, the antibiotic club, you can get around the course with a putter, but not very effectively. The five irons the root, is the root plane club, and we have Big Bertha, I guess they still have Big Bertha, the laser club, and there are different um, methods of using laser therapy. Uh, it's a definitely an adjunct for regeneration, and, um, but I take it a step at a time. I don't think you can do rapid periodontal therapy. You can do a filling in a minute. You can do a crown and done. Gun disease is all about developing the habit of what you do at home because the action steps are brushing and flossing. The two most important parts of maintaining gum tissue health, no matter what I do in the office, is what you do at home and your maintenance program. We call them ICTs, infection control therapy. How often you get your teeth clean? And everybody's different. You know, it could be some, you get by with twice a year. Some people need every four months, some people every three months. It's, it has to depend on the susceptibility of the patient and everybody's different. You know, you, and so that, to determine that, that's why it's so important to get a good medical history, to understand where the patient's coming from, not only the oral health, but what's going on with their overall body health. It's not just simple, oh, you have periodontal disease, and this is what we're going to do. Although sometimes that's the way it's done, but um, it, you don't want to rapid treat gum disease. It's, it's a step at a time. It's one bite at a time because you got to develop that habit because I can do lots of things. I can do a, a mentally invasive laser-assisted procedure and make you, help, help you look great. But six months later, you got the problem back again if you're not doing the things you need to do to back it up. Yeah, that makes sense. It's more of a lifestyle change than yep. anything else and taking those preventative measures. Uh, Dr. Singletary, I think it's kind of human nature. We've, we've mentioned some of the symptoms of gum disease where, you know, you've got your gums bleeding or maybe you've got that bad taste in your mouth. I, I think a lot of us might think, well, you know, maybe this will go away and uh, maybe this is just a one-time thing and maybe I'll ignore it or uh, maybe I don't want to go in this, this month because th things are a little bit tight. What, what are the implications of not getting this treated? Every time you chew, you have bacteria showers of the bloodstream. It takes a minute to go from your mouth to your toe. There are 11 species that are bad, and you don't want them growing. They don't like oxygen. So the more you manipulate the bacteria, the less opportunity these guys get to grow. That's one thing. Some people will say, notice bleeding. They say, oh, I'm bleeding, and they back off because I think they're going to hurt themselves. That's the last thing you should do. If you notice bleeding, you should continue to go after it. You, know, you don't want to hurt yourself. Ultra soft brush 
you know, when you go to a rental car agency and you ask for a mid-sized car, what do you get? You get a tinker toy. <laughs> Right? So you go to the pharmacy and you get a soft bristle brush, it can scrape rust off nails. You want an ultra soft brush. And that, that way you're not going to hurt the enamel, and you should brush after you eat. Uh, some people are concerned about acid, and uh, you know, I'm not concerned about acid, I'm concerned about bacteria. And so every time you eat, the bacteria grows exponentially for 30 minutes. So brush after you eat. Now it may not be practical, stick it in the glove compartment of your car, you can dry brush. Uh, rinsing gets loose debris, but it really is the physical manipulation. It's the bristle of the brush, the throw of the floss, the little proxy brushes that go in between the teeth. But um, you shouldn't ignore it because um, those, the, there are studies that associate. Not, not, um, well, Dr. Bornstein, who's a medical doctor in the Northeast, did a seminar this past Sunday. It was five hours. Periodontal disease and the systemic aspect of the effect of periodontal disease. And he talked about dementia, diabetes, pancreatic cancer, heart problems. So it's not just oral health, it's systemic health. So everybody should you know, be aware, you know, have their, ask their dentist, you know, do I have periodontal problems? You know, what do I need to do? And, but it's simple. It really is simple. Brush more, once a day get in between the teeth and get your regular checkup, stay on a six-month recall. And if you are susceptible to gum disease, more frequent cleanings. All right, Dr. Singletary, every episode we're going to have a, a challenge for the listeners or an action step that we can all take. So what is our action step for today? Okay, action steps. Brush four times a day, at least four times a day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, whether you eat or not. Scrub technique, you know, an ultra soft brush. And before you go to bed, take your time, clean them good. Not only brush, but floss. Well, that's an action step that I think we all can take, and I think it will have important results for all of us. That'll do it for our first episode here of The Gum Guru. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to The Gum Guru wherever you listen to and get your podcast to make sure you don't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about the kinds of bacteria in your mouth and how to treat them, check out Dr. Singletary's website at NorthRaleighPerio.com. And if you have other questions you'd like to have answered on the Gum Guru podcast, send them to contact at NorthRaleighPerio.com.